KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution. Today, we are welcoming Justin Balloonsot onto the show. I'm incredibly excited. He's an entrepreneur, an investor, a fellow podcaster, and someone that has overcome addiction. He is vulnerable and open and talks about his journey, and we discuss all the trials and tribulations and the conscious choices we need to make to design the lives we actually want to live. It's a great one. This is a great time to be pivoting, and it's never too late to make a change. Uh, Enjoy this one, and thank you, Justin. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I've got Justin Balloonsat, um, Just Divine Properties. I'm pumped to have this conversation. Uh, how many PodMax slides? Have you done all of them? I've done, no, this is my second. And actually, I only did one show last time because I was kind of a stand-in because Devin's my fiance. So she kind of, she kind of pulled me into, uh, to someone who was, who couldn't make it. So um, this is my first full PodMax. Oh, amazing. Okay. I assume yeah. that you, uh, being linked to Devin, that you were in, you roped into all of them, but, um, no. this is my third one. So, uh, it's been a pretty awesome situation. As I said, it's a lot of varsity humans and, and people with, um, you know, an incredible personal story and then, mm-hmm. um, a business and financial agenda, which is amazing. Uh, cause it's always goes inside with, you know, intention to make the world a better place alongside being a profitable human. Um, Give us, give us a little bit about your story. Uh, I would love for the theme of this podcast to be lifestyle by design, which I saw on your mm-hmm. Instagram. I just hit you up, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> tell me a little bit about how young Justin and how we got to where we are now. Yeah, so I spent uh, a lot of my life in the hotel industry. Um, and my story is like a lot of other people's story. I, I was climbing the corporate ladder. You know, I was doing what I was taught. And so, you know, I don't think I have to touch too much on that, but I was climbing the ladder uh, and my life wasn't my life. Um, And unfortunately, I fell into drugs and alcohol and addiction. Um, Alcohol was my drug of choice. And so digging myself out of that and and sobriety is is a huge part of my story. And then as I got sober and my mindset began to change, uh, you know, I started dealing with some things in my past that I might have compartmentalized, tucked away, and and didn't realize was affecting me. And you know, and and ma- and my alcohol addiction was was just a symptom of things that I had just put away for so long. Um. So, anyways, that's the long and short uh, of of Justin. I'm a I'm an entrepreneur now, uh, basically as long as I've been sober. Because okay. that was that was made basically my turning point. You know, my I don't know that I didn't know at the time it was going to take me this way, but I knew getting a hold of my mind again uh, was the only way I was going to survive this. And I and I still haven't. I'm still working on it, but but I'm a long ways from where I was. Well, I think everything is like an evolutionary evolutionary journey. And I think the more you learn, the more you understand that you have to continuously learn and evolve. And then, you know, you can learn a lot and then kind of get complacent a little and then need to check back in and then dial back up. And I think that's that constant process. Um, and there is some beauty to that because life will keep you humble and life will keep you on track if you're paying attention. Uh, and it doesn't matter how much schooling or age or wisdom you have, it's this constant 
balance. And that's really the basis of turmeric and tequila and mm-hmm. um, of keeping this awareness in our life of you don't have to be one thing. You don't have to have like this, you know, in stone identity because that's ever changing and we cling to what's comfortable. So that's also hard to evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, but particularly in 2020, you see the world around us shape-shifting and some of it, thank God it's happening because we need evolution happening. We need it now. Uh, but it's really hard to maintain with that. Was there one point where it was like a deep breakdown breakthrough for you where it's like, I knew my young self, young Justin at, you know, eight, nine when I had goals and maybe I want to be a firefighter, what have you to, you know, life kind of takes its toll. And then older Justin, where it's like, I got to get back to young self and the goals I saw for myself back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know if there was a moment. I just, I just knew that I, I was looking in the mirror at somebody that I didn't know anymore, um, and that's a hard pill to swallow. So, you know, I know when my last dr- drink was. Um, May 2nd of 2018 is, is my sobriety date. And I was, you know, I was just drinking. I was a daily drinker. I was a morning to night drinker, you know? I mean, that's, those are pretty clear cut signs that I have an issue. But acknowledging it and facing it and accepting that that was my reality is always the hardest part, you know? So they tell me, and, and that is, that's a, it's a huge turning point when you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, this isn't right. This isn't who I, who I was meant to be. This isn't what I, what I saw myself being. Um, so just acceptance, acceptance of, of where you're at so that you know where you can go. I think that's a really powerful statement. And you know, with um, addiction actually runs in my family and everyone who thinks too much mm-hmm. is about the party, which I'm here for that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also <laughs> like, you know, fitness and health and that's yeah. why it's juxtaposition of all things. Um, right. But I think sobriety and anything you're truly committed to, marriage, your job, what have you, it's to be honored. And um, anything like addiction, it actually does run in my family. And I I really wouldn't wish that scenario on anyone because it's it's such um, a beast that you, it's hard to tame and it's not, you know, it's a disease and it's not as socially acceptable as cancer or something like that. People, and even people still cringe, you know, when I say things like that. Um, but you know, I had a friend that was in love with a guy that was an alcoholic and he was getting sober and going through the process and people weren't supportive, but you know, had she said, my husband is a cancer survivor, he's battling cancer. It would have been a whole different conversation. Um, so there's a lot of societal tags around that. But when you say, I wake up in the mirror, I don't recognize myself. I know many of my friends now that just, you know, they've gotten married, they're doing the corporate grind and they, and maybe they're not an addict per se, but they've mm-hmm. done all the right things and they still don't mm-hmm. recognize themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's a conscious relevant conversation for everyone to check in 20, 30, 40 and say, mm-hmm. do you know who you are? Are you in touch with that young self? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I think it's a very important awareness point. Um, and then, then the steps, which would be my next question to you, then it's like, okay, now that I have this awareness, I can acknowledge what is, what, how, what was your next step to like, okay, I want to become somewhere. I want to change. What was the first thing you did? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, first I didn't want to become sober. I just knew I was going to live if I continued. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, but I'm super thankful I am now. Um, but it, yeah, I, it was it was that I, I I just I saw myself in a different place. I knew I knew I was worth more. I knew I had more to say. I knew 
you know, faith is a big thing for me. And, and I knew I just wasn't made for this. I wasn't made to live a life where I'm hiding a, a shameful story, a shameful part of my life from everybody. You know, it's, I wasn't made to struggle through this stuff. Um, and so I, when I came to the realization that there is a better life out there, I just need to go get it. I need to go find it. And this way was not working. Uh, was was the turning point for me but that's not that's ve- that's very easy for me to sit here and say sure. it's it is it is the hardest decision i had to make you know i mean how our society and i and i listened to your podcast on on influencers and under I the influence yeah. yeah you know and that caught my eye because it is it's a societal thing it's it's accepted in any form or fashion at any time or any any place essentially you know and it's um it's not easy to be sober. It's not easy to not drink. It's, you know, you touched on having to answer questions and what you don't drink and why don't you drink? Do you have a problem? And, you know, first of all, why is that a question? Why is there, why does there have to be a question? You know, it, it could be a health thing. It could be an addictive thing. It could be a, a whatever thing, but why does it, you know, why is there a, such a stigma around the word addict? Like every time, and I still do it when people say addict or alcoholic. I deep down inside a piece of me still cringes a little bit yeah. because it's not acceptable and people don't like to talk about it and they don't like to hear those words. Those are hard, hard words. Addicted and alcoholic or drug addict, those are not easy words to hear. Sure. Uh, so, uh, you know, part of my message is that I, I really want to change the stigma around around addiction and about talking about it. I think it should be a very open thing to talk about, like you said, like a cancer, like an illness, because it's just sick people. If you look at them as sick people, you might have a little bit more compassion and empathy for them. Well, you, and when you really get into the the science of it, you can see how the brain, when you look at addiction, whether it's food or alcohol or sex or whatever, the way the brain, scientifically, it looks the same on a brain map. So it's pretty fascinating when you pull out the science and you can Mm -hmm. see how disease shows commonalities. You might not be able to pick out whether it's cancer or addiction or liver disease, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. So then it kind of takes out that human element. But I, I, then this is why I'm so passionate about branding and labels. It's not really about marketing Mm -hmm. sales. It's about us digesting the reality around us and being able to Mm -hmm. understand everything we've been taught or we've consumed off TV might not be real. And the real conversation within is blocking, you know, riches in life with relationships and understanding and empathy. Um, And that's what's real. We just haven't been taught to digest the world that way. Right, Um, right, right. And I love that. I love that, that promotion of just having your own voice and thinking for yourself, um, which I think more young people are doing earlier now Mm -hmm. because of social media and because of just the globalization of the world and and the access to information you know it's just allowing uh it's allowing kids information earlier and and i'm a high school varsity coach as well so i love it because i love i just think it's so important for for high schoolers to have a bigger voice to understand that they can have a voice right now, that they can they can start forming opinions and not to rely on, on you know, just what they hear. Take in what you hear from everywhere you can and, and form your own opinions and make your own and then and then having the confidence to stand by those opinions and those those thoughts and those those convictions. So, you know, things that I wish I I had some a voice, someone telling me as a high schooler, I, I want to be that now. So I kind of put myself in, in high schoolers. 
well, back when I was a high schooler. Right. And even mm-hmm. if that was, you know, five years ago, it's been a minute for me. And I actually coached varsity lacrosse for not 10 years after college. Mm-hmm. Um, see what was coming at my young humans. And I was, I had only been out of high school for five or six years then, but mm-hmm. they were experiencing so much earlier in conversations that I didn't even, you know, mm-hmm. across six years old, you know, right. here. Um, it's, they're inundated with a lot. And like you said, I, I really do have deep faith that they're questioning a better way earlier and they know how to filter out some of the BS and really dig into authenticity versus is like branding and marketing and super savvy, you know, big budgeted situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in a couple of years at 18, they'll vote. And, you know, right. God bless. It's never more important than right now right. To, to get those ducks in a row and find your, your voice and opinion. Um, but I think that's pretty exciting. As a coach, what sport do you coach? I coach football, wrestling, and I coached girls softball for the fo- first time. I was I wanted to be a baseball coach, but they had an opening as a softball coach. So, okay. being being an entrepreneur has allowed me now to coach three sports, coach whatever I want, um, which is my lifestyle by design. You know, I, well, I'm only. A, I sorry, gonna, go ahead. No, I was just going to say perfect segue. This is you designing your life, so let's let's unpack that too. Mm-hmm. Give me, tell me about yeah, yeah. So supplements things. Yeah. So I'm able now, you know, we have a real estate business, Devin and I, and so we're flipping homes and we're remodeling, we're doing design work. Um, we're getting into podcasting, you know, we're able to do things like that. And, and now I'm also able to be a coach. So I was a college athlete as well. I'm from the Seattle area. I played uh, D2 football uh, at Western Washington university. Um, and so sports, I, I was an exercise science major and, and all of these things that I wasn't, using when I was in the hotel world, uh, and food and beverage actually was, is my background. So tequila, turmeric and tequila kind of caught me because I'm a big food and I'm a big beverage guy, even though I don't drink anymore. I still, I still understand the importance of like a nice meal. You know, I enjoy that part of life. Um, so, and, and I appreciate good food, but anyways, um, so yeah, so I, you know, now I'm able to coach three sports. I can coach, I can do whatever I want, uh, you know, which is what I envision when I have kids. I want to coach my kids. I want to be there for their games. I don't want to have to be running weddings and, and running events during things when I, when I don't want to, you know, um, which is I'm huge. also right. I'm also though, still, uh, like a part-time manager at an event space because I like events. Events is in my background and I'm good at them and I, and that's cool. But I, I want to be, I want, I've designed it so I can decide, you know, I'm part-time there. I do it. If it fits my schedule, great. And, and I'll do it. And I love doing it. I think it's easy money. I think it's a great way just to chat with people and, and make connections and network, uh, you know, but my designing, design, lifestyle by design, designing my life is, is, is really important. And, and I'm driven by how I feel, you know, how does it make me feel? Does it, am, am I okay with doing this? And if it left me today, would I be okay? If it ended tomorrow, would I be okay with that? Um, all of these questions that I kind of run through my, my introverted mind. Um, what? Now. I think that's huge. And, um, you know, I don't know if the skills came from college or family or perhaps sobriety or some of the things I, you know, I say this on many casts, I wish our curriculum for our young humans 
uh, was a little different where you're bringing in nutrition and relationships and finance and um, personal mindset and personal getting to know yourself, like all these things that are really important. And sometimes th those things don't happen until you have like a deep breakdown and breakthrough. And mm -hmm. that I think is such an important conversation itself because at some mm -hmm. point, whether it's addiction or breakup or whatever, everyone's mm -hmm. going to have some sort of breakdown. And the, the question isn't around what breaks you down. It's how do you get through and what, what tools did you use to cope and to heal and to move forward? And I think there's mm -hmm. a multitude of options. Um, cause everyone's just like athletes, every athlete's different. So you need different cues. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the importance is that the breakdown's coming for all of us. And then it's right. how we're going to pick our pieces up. Uh, yeah. how do you, you know, having access to these young humans, how much of this is a conversation amongst these teams and these kiddos that you're, you're working with. Cause I'm assuming you want to tell them like, here's what to do. Here's what not to do. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just getting to the point in, in my coaching philosophies where I'm feeling confident to start having these conversations. Okay. So, you know, I haven't, I haven't had any big, you know, motivational speeches, but as I'm forming what it's like to be a coach and how I want to affect young men, and women should, uh, you know, I'm thinking about the message that, that I'm going to be um, saying to them, you know, and, and what did, you know, my best coaches were the ones that, that I got to sit down after a hard practice and like hear something other than practice. Yeah. You know, the guys that sat me down in the wrestling room and talked about being a good man and being a good student, you know, or, or, or having integrity and things like that. Um, and so I want to intertwine that into, into my coaching, you know, right now it's a lot of relationship building and trust building and, um, and, you know, it's, a, it's really only my second year coaching. Okay. So, so, you know, it's, I, I'm now having the second group or the same group of kids for the second year in a row now. And so, so it's coming, my time's coming. And, and I was just asked to be the freshman head coach. So, you know, as I kind of get my own little group of, of guys, okay. you know, I'll have some time to, to foster some of these philosophies that I have with these guys. Um, well, and I think a lot of people are like, Oh, it's like, well, impact is, you know, is these big speeches and our, you know, this, these big happenings. And really, I think it's, the little conversations in between. And like you said, the, the little stuff, it's been, I think five to 10 years since I've last coached. I mean, I coached forever through college. It's like the type mm -hmm. of else. And then afterwards I had a can or a, a business, blah, blah, blah. But like now that I've seen my kiddos grow up and they come back yeah. and they remember everything. So just note that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the things they talk about and they're like, you know, that one practice, that one game, I remember this. And so if any speech I've ever given, what have you, it's great. But like the little, I feel like the little conversations were really the big ripples in the pond um where kiddo mm -hmm. comes back and she, she's like i remember you said this or you know, maybe time, one time you kicked me out of practice because you thought i was drinking or something which they probably mm -hmm. were. and <laughs> I, then i stopped doing it yeah and yeah so it's it's i think the little stuff is actually the big stuff yeah um, yeah i would agree and then you can agree. you know actually get into a deeper conversation of mm -hmm. here's what happened to me here's what i advise to you right. um and I think it's phenomenal. You have like genuine ethos and saying, I've been through this. Like I can genuinely yeah. advise you from a space that I went through. I didn't read it off Google and here's how right. um, that's right. Great. Do you think that now, um, you know, coaching and, and taking these, you know, overcoming to these big things in life, do you see like some of these skill sets now applying to the business world? Has this helped foster some of your business situation? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And in fact, the meshing and molding of the podcasting world and the entrepreneurial world and 
and the sobriety world, I, you know, I have some ideas rolling around in my head about the mentality that it takes to get through addiction or to battle addiction and the mentality that it takes to be an entrepreneur and, and the perseverance that both of them take and how that mindset, I think, at least for my story, um, are very, are very similar. And, and I think that, I think that people who deal with addiction and, and alcoholism can make awesome entrepreneurs because they're crafty and they're creative and um, resilient and resourceful and, and all of these things. And you'll hear me talk about, I just, you know, I, some of the smartest people that, that I've met have dealt with addiction. Um, and I just think that they're, the, what they dealt with through addiction helps them in their entrepreneurial journey. I always like I've always preferred to work with athletes because I know like life skills through sports. That's actually why I started my initial company to help these kiddos. Uh, lacrosse is a white rich kid sport, and I was at a public mm-hmm. school. So lucky to have it, um, so I was really passionate about diversifying it. And I didn't really even know what that was at 23. Uh, right. But it, it was important to like cultivate this conversation. And I saw how sports, particularly for young women, facilitated these life skills. You know, getting along with the team, commitment, dedication. Um, and then if you fast forward that a little, and you actually face a adversity in life, addiction and whatnot, to me, that's like winning the Olympics because I, again, I've seen it close to my family and to overcome that particularly what's in your life every day and it's socially acceptable. Um, I think food and addiction to food would be on par with alcohol because it's, it, it maybe food might even be a little bit more of a combo because not more or less, but a different combo because you need it to survive. So anyone that's been able to face something head on and then work their lifestyle around in any capacity, it's, it's like a champion gold star in my belt. And I'm like, I would love to work with somebody like that because I know mm-hmm. they have been a resilient human being. They might be skilled in real estate or math or what have you. And they've got this incredible human element, uh, mm-hmm. right? They face adversity and I know they're going to be resilient. They're, that skill set's going to carry over into whatever conversation we have. Um, right. Have you, and another thing, part of turmeric and tequila is, is the branding human, not people are different. Like you can be an athlete and then an addict and then an event planner and mm-hmm. you know a, a feminist and blah, like all these yep. things together. But in our world, those things don't usually come together. Um, mm-hmm. Are you actively potentially putting some of those different groups that you're working with in one room? Like, are you crossover conversation there? Um, you know, not, not really other than, um, my ideas for, for starting a podcast and kind of relating sobriety and entrepreneurship. Um, but yeah, I think that that's really kind of as far, as far as I've gone is, uh, into crossing the two or crossing any kind of like, um, intermingling kind of sections. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find as you share your story, more people tell theirs, like it opens up a massive door? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I just think that, you know, I have a gift of making people feel just comfortable around me for whatever reason, which is why I think hospitality was a very good industry and why I succeeded, uh, in hospitality. Um, so I want, yeah. So yeah, I do think so. And I think I I should use that, you know, I should use that to help people and to help myself. I think it's a gift. You know, I think it's unique. It's one of my unique gifts. And I think that, you know, one of the coaching philosophies that I love, love or hate him, is Pete Carroll uh, of the Seattle Seahawks. His coaching philosophy is that he wants to, ex- um, like, extenuate the unique 
uniqueness of his of his players. He wants to find unique qualities in his players, um, and I think that that's the same way. That for me, that that might be my uniqueness, and and I think that it's important that I use that. I, I completely agree, and I, I would champion anyone that recognizes that. And um, I do think you have a very open demeanor, and it, it invites people in, and I think that's incredibly powerful. Uh, and then when you have a responsible person on the, that end that knows how to manage that conversation or, or help facilitate journey for someone else, I think that's really mm -hmm. powerful, and I champion that you recognize the responsibility around that as well. Um, but the little idiosyncrasies that each human has is so incredible and like the the value that they bring to the table even if it's the most random thing ever i think really should be championed and i think mm -hmm. as a coach you get to see it in young humans because they're they're not as um filtered yet you know yeah they're just wild animals yeah. um, and i've seen some yeah. of them like 10 years later and i'm like oh my god you're exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, do you, do you get to see that now? I know mean, it's only been a couple of years, but have you seen as they grow up, it's like the same exact human? Yeah, yeah, except their their bodies have gotten bigger. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I just see the transformation into, from what I saw from sophomores to juniors now. We have a really young team, and and these guys gain 20, 30 pounds, and they're like, but they're still this, mentally, they're still, they're still this 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid. Yeah growing into this growing into this body so it's you know it's the first time that i'm actually experiencing it um but it's also cool to see how how they are growing mentally too and how they're grasping the game and grasping more complex com uh, concepts uh, you know getting uh, just getting the playbook and and you know just little things the nuances of, of things so that part is really cool and i'm and and so it excites me because i see how quickly they're grasping things and so that excites me to talk more about life to them. You do know. you, uh, when you're focusing on like the real estate, do you get into like finance or anything with them? Because I know that's a huge conversation. And again, it's not really mm -hmm. taught to our young humans. Right. Um, do they ask about like what you do, how you got into business or anything like that? And then you kind of interject. They do. Okay. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh, sorry. I got a, I got a little feedback. Um, they... They ask about it. I don't, haven't gotten into too much of the financial stuff. I would love to, yeah. because again, I think it's something that I didn't get growing up. Uh, but actually being able to be in the school and, and meeting in the classroom, well, last year when we met in classrooms, um, they have these entrepreneurial classes now and marketing classes and at least in New Jersey in the high school that I work at, or I don't work at the high school, but uh, that I coach at. I'm seeing that there's they're offering different things than what I was offered growing up, and financial, um, just financial responsibility is is one, entrepreneurship is another one. So I know they're they're starting to at least in New Jersey, I can attest that they're starting to curb you know the the uh, curriculum. That's amazing. Okay, go Jersey. I don't know. I've been yeah. disconnected now because I haven't coached for a while, but um, yeah. I hope that's going on more mainstream because I know. I mean, you look at 2020 and it's insane. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like, you know, the personal connect, staying, staying dialed in, you know, face-to-face -face, coaching with humans it is pretty important. How have you navigated around that given current circumstance with COVID and mm -hmm. you know, we're all locked down? What are some strategies you've done to maintain that connection? Well, it was really hard at first. Uh, obviously, everything shut down. Um, I got I got depressed, you know, right at the beginning. Uh, any kind of major changes in my routine, I, I tend to get dip into like a, a bit of a depression, which I'm lucky I've now been able to recognize. Uh, 
but it's that was a major change in my routine. And for a long time, I didn't have any contact with the kids. Um, then we were able to get on virtually once we realized it was going to be for the long haul. Yeah. So we started meeting virtually, but it's really done. It's hard. It's not the same. They're, they're still 15 year old kids, 16 year old kids, you know, they don't have the attention span. So it's, it's tough. The head coach had a better job, I think with getting attendance and getting more feedback and response from them. Okay. But um, it was tough not being face to face with them. I'm sure. Uh, I think yeah. being a student athlete and then also um, it sounds like you said that you had a young team, but trying to get recruited and yeah. if college is on the agenda. Like I, mm-hmm. I just feel for so many of my student athletes because right. these are like uncharted territories and you're trying to get to the next phase of your life um, mm-hmm. financially as a human trying to grow. Like there's so much there. Um, I, I really applaud the coaches. So, I mean, so now that you don't have practice, do you guys just regularly check in or what's the protocol there? Well, we've actually been able to practice for the last um, six weeks now, okay. five, six weeks. Uh, you know, there was very strict protocol. Coaches have to wear masks. Uh, students have to wear masks unless they're being doing aerobic activity. Uh, you know, there was a, a quarantining period where you're basically segregated in pods so that if anyone were to get sick, that that we could shut that one pod down and still hopefully practice with other guys. Uh, nobody's gotten sick yet, uh, thankfully. So, you know, I think we're doing the right things right now. I think we're a good example of, of being able to do it successfully and, and practice. So as long as we stay healthy, I think it's a good thing, obviously a good thing, but, uh, but yeah, it's different coaching with a mask on, you know, you're, you're not there, you know, you're part of sports, right. Is being close and, and, and really touching each other. You know, it's, it's part of it. You know, you're high five and you're hugging, you're, you're celebrating, you're crying, you're, you know, you're together in, in every up and down. And, and so not being able to break a huddle or, you know, not being able to break down a practice is different. And it's, it adds a different element for sure that, that I think, demands more mental focus, um, both from coaches and, and from the athletes, you know, it's a, it's a different way to coach. It's a different way to be an athlete and none of us have done it before this way. So we're all doing it for the first time together. Totally. It's such a major point of communication. Um, I don't know if you've read the five love languages, but like touch Mm -hmm. for me is so big. So even with my athletes, like a touch on the back or them being able to see my expression or like, even I'm not saying anything, I'm like, I'm pissed. Like, you know, you know, the piss look like so (laughs) to miss that medium is it's pretty critical. Mm -hmm. Um, I would even say, even if you're like doing major business transactions, it's hard not to be like handshake or high five or hug. Um, purchasing a home is, it's a big ass deal. (laughs) Like, you know, you have to kind of come up with this new way to keep that relationship really sacred and, and empathetic and communicate. I care about you and I'm here for you without any physical touch whatsoever and and no facial expression. Right. Um, So it's, it's a really lost communication point, which in turn, I think when you see something taken away, you appreciate it that much more. Um, so I'm excited for things to go back hopefully soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Us too. Us too. You know, we're, we've had a very, we're very lucky. There's been a lot of schools who have shut down very early and are not even are not practicing and not doing anything. So, you know, we're very lucky right now. And as long as we stay healthy, hopefully that'll, that'll continue. 
Absolutely. Have yeah. you guys had to modify anything as far as business wise, like closing deals, like or closing deals from cars or anything like that? Uh, no, not really. I mean, going in to, to see homes is definitely different. You're wearing masks and you're, you're wearing gloves and stuff. Um, we had a project started that got delayed a few months because of COVID and everything shutting down, uh, which was unfortunate, but luckily we bought at the right price. So we had a lot of wiggle room, uh, to hold the property. So, you know, we haven't had to do a whole lot, but just be patient and make sure that all of our details were kind of ironed out so that when work could start, we could fire on all cylinders and be as efficient as possible. Um, you know, that's just, that was, that's, that's the important thing right now because we lost so much time. We just need to make sure that we've, you know, we weren't, um, we didn't waste the time that we had yeah. when nothing was going on. You know, we tried to make sure that we stayed busy, uh, you know, tried to complain a lot less than other people. <laughs> yeah. You know, Cause it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard. It's, it's easy to complain and get in the misery boat with everybody, but you know, we knew that there was nothing we could do about it. We had to keep moving forward. So. Totally. Well, yeah. I mean, as in life, like we don't really know something that always, I, I admire both my parents are two incredibly strong humans. I had three younger brothers, which is insanity. Thank God I was the oldest and not the youngest girl. Yeah. Um, they're wild animals. And I love them. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, that's why I really champion, you know, strong men really speaking about emotion. Two of mine are military, one army special forces, and they're all like 200 plus pounds, six feet. They're huge. But mm -hmm. the, the sensitivity side, which I champion, uh, is probably more than even me as the female. Um, mm -hmm. But it's so important for our young men to see that emotional side and keeping that balance yeah. in intense masculinity. And then, you know, a feminine side as a man and being in touch with your emotions and being able to process that. Um, yeah. But going back to the the business a little bit, uh, we've got about ten minutes now that you've you know you've done coaching. We've we've jumped uh, through some of these challenges in life, and just like you're saying, COVID is a challenge. We can't jump in the misery boat. Um, what are some of these you know lifestyle by design next goals that you have, or pieces that you know next things you want to tackle? It sounds like you're about to get married. What's on the agenda next, mindset wise, even in these crazy times? Yeah, I think mindset wise is staying staying consistent right now. Okay. Um, you know, I heard from one of my mentors not not being um, bored with consistency. Uh, so just you know, keep doing the little things that I've been doing. You know, not try to change a whole bunch, a whole lot right now be, because of the circumstances of the world. Uh, but stay consistent in what I know uh, I can do. Um, and and we're busy right now. You know, we have we have some projects. Go, we have two projects going on right now. Uh, I want to start, I'm going to start this podcast. So that's another one. Uh, I'm going to keep coach. I'm going to keep coaching as long as they let me, um, you know, but I think right now is, is guesting is, is making sure that I, I have a voice to, to tell my story. Yeah. Um, and, and using, using different platforms, pushing myself out of my comfort zone to, uh, to share, to share, you know, just to share what I've been through, share my story, um, in hopes that it'll help somebody. I, I love that. And I think that that point of communication is really critical. And, in, and we're handcuffed right now with so many ways of being on lockdown, what have you, this is what I love about podcasting. There's no FTC, there's no FCC regulating yet. Like we can just do and say whatever we want. Right. And there's massive responsibility with that. Um, right. But it's so cool because, you know, you can go out with the right intention and really chase impact. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and that's a beautiful thing. Is there one piece, I mean, obviously now that you've had this experience in life and you've come through some really incredible things, is there one piece you'd want particular young humans to take away? Um, yeah, that it's just okay to be weird. It's okay to be different. You know, I wish somebody just told me once it was okay to be weird and I didn't have to follow the same masculine kind of like athlete. You know, I was voted most athletic in high school. So I was like, I was your stereotypical, like athlete, jock, good looking, popular, like, and that was great and all, but I just wish that I, I, I wish that again, I go back to my, I wish I had my own voice back then. And, and it wasn't just so cookie cutter because it, even back then, I think I was just so much more than, than I gave myself credit for. So, you know, just, I think just don't be afraid, don't be afraid to be weird and be you. And, and, and it's okay to, to have a voice and have an opinion no matter what age you are. Completely agree. I think the earlier we can adapt to that mindset and really, you know, designing our life the way we want it to be and knowing that that's actually a thing, uh, the better it is. And you know, our young humans, you probably see this at practice, are consuming media more than ever. I didn't grow up yep. with a cell phone. I think I was out of, right. I was either later in college or college when I had my first cell phone. Yeah. So to know that they're consuming this, you know, YouTube baby videos at six right. months, uh, it's, it's pretty powerful. So Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's critical that we have that message, like what you're saying, uh, particularly man to, to young boys saying this yeah. is okay. Um, yeah. It's one thing of a female saying and, or a teacher or whatever, but if it's someone right. that is like them, that looks like them, is face to face with them, right. uh, it's a total difference. Uh, I right. got to ask, what do you think is your weirdest attribute? Like what, give me, what's the crazy side? Um, what's my weirdest attribute? That's a great question. Um... <laughs> Man, I don't know. I like I like to fly fish. Okay. Um, I play the ukulele. Oh, okay. I, I learned how to play the ukulele in Hawaii. Um, cool. I, you know, I'm I love tattoos. I'm covered in them. Um, I used to have piercings. That kind of went away as I got like went up the corporate ladder. But you know, I don't know. I just I like country music. I like hip hop. I like. I like jazz, you know, I just, I think variety, the more, you know, the more you can do, the more you, you can relate to people, the bigger your network. Um, you know, so I think, you know, I was talking, I, I was interviewing with Larry earlier and, uh, I said, I love the name of his podcast because people always tell me I'm full of random stuff, like random knowledge. And so, uh, but it's true. Uh, so yeah, I don't, you know, I just think that being weird is cool. For sure. I mean, yeah. to be honest with you, I don't want to wreck your your weird label brand. I don't think any of it's that, that's that weird. That all sounds like yeah. rad stuff. <laughs> um, but as the world, you know, kind of diversifies and we get more exposed to things, I don't, there's few things where I'm like, oh, that's so weird. I mean, like maybe if you collected worms right. or something, but then fly fishing, right. I don't know. It's, <laughs> nothing's that weird. I knew someone, I knew someone who collected roadkill because they liked their skeletons. Okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm an animal that's person. That's probably a, <laughs> but to each one. there, was, there yeah. was a girl I knew that would um in eighth grade she was telling her story I won't digress too much but she would go and get roadkill and either would try and re- rehab it if it wasn't dead or then she would put the skeleton back together and make fur uh, like fashion pieces out of the fur I was like <laughs> and this is like eighth grade so this is what I say but you as a young dude exactly who you are <laughs> exactly yeah yeah I love it well we could go on um 
We're in our last minute. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on to share your story. I am very much look forward to this podcast and further hearing your voice out there. I'm super excited, mostly, to be honest with you, that you're coaching our young humans and you can be directly in front of them. Uh, I think that, like I said, those are big ripples in this uh, river, this ocean of our world. Uh, where where do we find you? Hit me with website, Instagram, anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, our company website, uh, justifyingproperties.com. You can catch all of our um, different ways that you can work with us. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook, Justifying Properties. I'm on both as Justin Balansat. Devin Bravaco, who runs Pod PodMax, uh, is also part of Justifying Properties as well. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Uh, yeah. So that's that's my connection to to PodMax. Um, and really the only the only door that's ever opened for for me for podcasting so oh, well, that's awesome yeah universe feet i used to always say universe god madonna whatever you believe i'm making mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know it lays it out for you um but that's exciting and we didn't get too much into the business but i always like to unpack the human behind the business mm -hmm. and i think especially for our audience fine. while it's small and growing they will go towards the human and then if the biz fits and it's it's an easier conversation yeah um, but I appreciate what you're doing. Please keep in touch. Absolutely. Uh, I like that this pod family is like growing and <laughs> right. it's like its own little squad in itself. It's a beautiful. Right. right. I love that our walls match too. Did you notice that? We I, both have, or we both have orange walls. Yeah. I, the branding <laughs> is on point. So I'm, I'm super glad that, you know, that worked out. It'll look yeah. good. Actually, I'm going to take a quick picture. Okay. I'll stop recording, but we'll do a little uh, social real quick before we have to jump yeah. out. Why uh, is turmeric your favorite spice? Um, so turmeric is, and people say turmeric, turmeric, but this came from the other yeah. people are like, what the hell is that? I'm like, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, no, it's, it's a super powerful anti-inflammatory. Have you ever seen ginger, the white root? It's, it's orange, mm -hmm. it's exactly like that or similar. Um, but it's one of the world's most natural, uh, anti powerful anti-inflammatory. So it's great for inflammation, cognitive thought. Um, and I take it as a daily supplement and, and uh -huh. supplements you can go down a whole route but usually it's i get a cook with it you can find it like uh -huh. in food curry um, right yeah oh, i love it i loved i oh, love okay. it i was just curious like why why did you choose it well so tequila is inflammatory tequila right. anti-inflammatory so it's like gotcha. detox before you retox gotcha um, gotcha athlete you know party yep. like this is yep. kind of yep. it's all just yep yep yeah love it i love it <laughs> you know it's balanced yeah yeah always Yes. Um, I, well, I appreciate you. Like I said, keep me posted on all things. I'm happy to promote your cast out or anything like that. So yeah. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was, it was a pleasure to be on and chat with you a little bit. And I love graceful disruption. I love that. I love that term a lot. Honestly, I had that before, like 2020 was erupting with COVID and mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter and all these things mm -hmm. that we talked mm -hmm. about. So I hope we can do some things gracefully. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where are you located, by the way? I'm in Denver, Colorado. Okay. I have a friend, if you're ever in Breckenridge, I have a friend who has a photo gallery in Breckenridge. Oh. He's a, I, he's a, he's a photographer. Yes. I would love to send me the info. Um, I will. On who, Colorado, well, the world's small, but Colorado's small. Yeah. Um, I would love to connect. I love art yeah. and creativity and yeah. photography. So yeah. it's not my expertise, but I love yeah. all things creative. So yeah, yeah. I'll send you over his information. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of my best friends. I lived with him in Hawaii for a little bit. Okay. And uh, grew up with him, graduated with him. 
But yeah, he's got his own gallery over there in Breckenridge. I'll send you his information. And if you guys are yeah. ever out here in Colorado, you have to pull through for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I like to snowboard, so I'm good. I'm good. I'm, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Word. All okay. Right, well, I'll see you in the main group. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It was great talking to you. Likewise. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.